everyone, and welcome to episode respawn episode respawn fire episode two nineteen <laughs> of respawn a fire, the reverent gaming podcast from affable idiots. I am your co-host for the evening, Holden Depardo, but I'm also here with someone who's drinking Mountain Dew right now. Who's that drinking Mountain Dew? Okay, first of all, I'm drinking Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. I'm going to die. Oh, Whoa, okay. calm down, speaker. I'm going to die, but at least I'll die skinny. <laughs> um, I'm just saying. I'm Chad Michael Innes. If if nipple does not refer to the entire pepperoni and the nub, what do we what do we call that now? There needs to be a word for the whole the whole shebang on the tip of the boob. And I'm just if you say nipple, everyone knows what you're talking about. But then, but no Those one knows. Like, but no one knows that I also include the succulus or the no, what was it? Sulcus, the sulcus in there, which is the fold. First of all, no one knows what the sulcus is anyway. We all just <laughs> learned that together. Right it's now. a Marvel villain. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like if you went to someone and you're like, oh, people have nipples, you'd be like, well, let's clarify here. Do you mean the succulus? Do you mean the areola? Do you mean a little thumb? Like, what you, which part are you talking about? I'm going to start correcting anyway, other people. When to... people refer to the whole thing as the nipple, I'm going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you mean the nipple, the sulcus, and the areola, as well as the Montgomery glands? <laughs> because you need to be specific. <laughs> you need to be specific here. <laughs> um, if you want to listen to us talk about nipples, you can catch us on Twitch Sunday nights <laughs> at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you can't catch us then, you can go to YouTube and podcast services Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Upcoming, we'll be talking about... Shapes and sizes of nipples, just kidding. More <laughs> Netflix games updates, EA announcements. But before all that, probably really bad we were talking about nipples. Everyone has nipples, Holden. First topic. This is true, but I don't know. It seems a little weird to go from nipples to the next you're story. Right, you're right. Let's bring it down, because this is actually a serious story. And um, it's we're going to spend a lot of time on this, um, I think, but it's important to talk about this. It is a, um, it's a very serious issue. Uh, I've, Anyone listening to this probably knows at this point that there was a lawsuit um, by the California Department of Fair um, Employment and Housing um, against Activision for claims of sexual harassment, um, unequal pay, just basically unequal treatment of women in the workplace, which also includes harassment. So first story here is Activision Blizzard sued by California over allegations of, quote, frat boy culture and sexual harassment. Quote was not saying, quote, like those things. It's like, quote, they put quote in the headline, just to be perfectly clear. <laughs> Um, California Department of Fair Employment and Housing has been investigating work conditions at Activision Blizzard for two years now. Here are the allegations. There's discrimination against female employees, regardless of their status in the company. This includes in compensation, in promotions, assignments, like what kind of projects they get to work on, as well as termination. Lower starting pay um, than the male employees is what we're kind of seeing with the compensation part. And when it gets to, like, behavior in the workplace, some of the male employees have been drinking copious amounts of alcohol and then walk about the office engaging in inappropriate behavior towards female employees. Even without the inappropriate uh, behavior towards female employees, you should not be drinking copious amounts of alcohol at work. Especially when you're, I mean, I don't know where they're drinking the alcohol, but if you're, like, on the development team, as someone's been coding now for a few years, I can't imagine being, like, hammered and drunk and, like, trying to code something. Like, I can't yeah. even... This is like just bad practice to begin with, and also has that negative um, other part of it. The inappropriate behavior includes open graphic sexual banter, like about personal experiences or about comments on on uh, other female employees' bodies, and also rape jokes. A female employee committed suicide during a work trip after repeated ongoing harassment. So those are the the major claims um, that the uh, D uh, DFEHs uh, is. is um, 
is written in their court documents. The DFEH hopes Activision Blizzard will offer new workplace protections and retroactively resolve, resolve pay disparities. Now, Activision Blizzard has made an official comment. Um, they say that the allegations are distorted or false. The, during the um, investigation, Activision says they were cooperative, but was never informed what issues the DFEH was seeing, which Activision says, um, which Activision says the DFEH is legally required to do. They say this prevented them, them from adequately handling any of these issues before being sued. Activision also notes that the suicide of a female employee is unrelated to the issues that they are being sued for. Over the past few years, Activision claims they have been actively working on resolving um, these issues on their own. Strict non-retaliation um, focus and better channels for reporting misbehavior. So they have the um, ASK, actually ASK, I think I misspelled that, ABK, yeah. ABK list. ABK list, which is a confidential integrity hotline. They have an employee relations team for investigating misconduct. And then they also say they have regular anti-harassment training. Um, that's the story from IGN there. Jason Schreier, um, who is always, you know, able to chime in stories like this. This is kind of his specialty. He, um, got emails that were from certain leaders at Activision, um, towards just the whole team, the whole company. Got emails, not like they sent him an email or like they were leaked emails. Oh, I think they were leaked emails. I think it was like sent to the whole company. Not addressed to Jason. I don't think so, but okay. that's actually a good question to bring up. It's possible. I don't know. I don't want to say for sure, for certain. The first one is from J. Allen Brack, who is the Blizzard president. And just to kind of paraphrase what he said, he said he can't make official comments on the investigation because it's still open, but he denounces any harassment and misconduct. He wants employees to know that equality is important and leadership is listening with an open door. If um, someone doesn't feel comfortable and prefers to be anonymous, um, he offers an anonymous hotline to call which is actually different than um, the APK one. It's something else. It's like way go forward or something like that. Um, he says if um, he also said um, that Gloria Steinem is a hero of his, which is a really fucking weird thing to say in that statement. See, like it doesn't that's matter. The equivalent of I have a black best friend, so I can say things. It's oh, by the way, it I also love this woman. A... Therefore, we can't be misogynistic. Yeah, it, it reminded me of uh, specifically of that scene in Get Out where the dad looks at the boyfriend and says, oh, by the way, I voted for Obama twice, and I would have voted for him a third time. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, why are you telling me that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I also just um, want to mention, the, the, he, has, he says two things here. One, he denounces harassment and misconduct, and then right after that, there's leadership is listening with an open door. Like, obviously there's harassment. Obviously there's misconduct. You're obviously not listening with your open door. Yeah. Like, that's, it, how can you say those two things back to back? That's, it's so stupid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. The second email is from Fran Townsend, who joined Activision in March this year as the chief compliance officer and the executive sponsor of ABK Women's Network. Uh, her statement, or her email, covers a lot of the same ground as the official statement, which isn't surprising considering she's probably leading the team that wrote that statement to begin with. Um, but she um, said that... Um, the ABK list, the employee relations team, but also like how the lawsuits distorted and untrue and irresponsible. Um, she talked about all that same kind of stuff. Um, and then she opens her email stating how well she's been treated at the company thus far, equal with men on the team. And then ends um, with how dedicated the leadership team is to resolving these issues. I want to comment on that too, that whole like, she's never been treated this way. She's been in the company since March 
and she's in the the C-suite, like the executive team there. Right. A lot of these things happen because of power dynamics. She's not going to see this happen. She didn't work her way up the ranks of the company. It's just, I mean, it can happen, but it generally is more of a hierarchical, like someone has power over another person is generally how these things I get Adam. why I get why she has this, like made a statement. It looks good publicly that a woman is coming out and saying, "Hey, I am treated well at yeah. this company." Like there, that's again, hey, we have a black best friend. Like that's essentially mm-hmm. what this is. Someone speak out on our behalf yeah. who happens to be of the same subgroup. But she's also only been here since March. All of the they, yeah. they they've been looking at this for the last two years, apparently building up this lawsuit. Keeping in mind that California has had very strict rules about being in the office until last month. So I guarantee you, of course she's not <laughs> yeah. going to be drunk in the office or not going to have males drunk in the office around her and sexually harassing her over yeah. Zoom. Of course that's not going to happen. And of course she's going to well, be treated Jeffrey well. Well, would have something to say about that. <laughs> you're true. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, little ignorant. Right, yeah. Like th- this is not going to be happening over remote work necessarily unless it's more private scheduled over like Slack or a messaging service or like we're going to talk about it on our own private Zoom call instead of on a Zoom call with 30 other people. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah. a, it's a little bit tone deaf. I agree. And I, um, my mom works in HR. So I kind of was picking your brain about this a little bit. Like how would, you know, a sexual harassment situation get handled in, in an HR setting and that kind of stuff. And when I mentioned that um, Fred Townsend had just joined the company in March, I was like, oh, my mom was like, oh, she's been there since March and the investigation's been for two years. Like they probably hired her to get a woman specifically to yeah. like front this and like you're kind of saying like my black breast friend kind of thing um yeah like the whole thing is just like it's weird and and before we get to the last story here one really odd consistency i thought was how activision's official statement is you know oh the the dfeh didn't tell us what they what they were perceiving and what they were seeing and so we couldn't possibly have worked on these things and then the next paragraph are like We've been working hard to resolve these issues within right. our company. And I'm just like, there's so many odd contradictions in what is being said that it's like, you guys fucked up and you continually fucked up over years and years and years and you clearly know it. It's, I, just, I don't see yeah. the whole thing with, with all of this is I don't see how years ago when I don't even remember which one, which developer it was that like busted open with all of the the harassment and sexual misconduct. But how did companies Riot not games. see that? Was it Riot? Was that the first one? I think one? it was Riot. I think so. There well, was another one too. Like Riot, S, I can't Rockstar, Ubisoft, with all of these companies. How can these big mm-hmm. corporations, these big development studios, not immediately say, we should probably look in to see if that's happening here. If it's happening everywhere else across the industry, we should look into yeah. our company and we should start being proactive about it and and finding that out instead of waiting for California to sue them saying, hey, this shit's been happening at your company. And this next statement even, I mean, this next statement from the ex-Blizzard boss is just like, I don't understand. Go ahead and read it and then we'll talk about it here in a second too. Yeah. One more thing really quickly too before I read that is that this is this situation is not happening because someone tweeted something and was like, hey, I'm tweeting out to tell you what's happening here. Like this is happening because the government or the Californian government has been looking into this for years and the government doesn't sue unless they are like damn sure that they have the evidence to do this. So it's like this is just not 
this is not looking good for, for Activision and obviously for the women who were involved in those situations as well. Um, so as you were saying, the ex-Blizzard boss, Mike uh, Moraheim, um, he had a statement to women, I failed you, says Ethan Gatch at Kotaku. I was going to summarize it, but I actually just want to read the full statement. It's not that long. Um, I think it's kind of good to hear. Um, Mike says, I have read the full complaint against Activision Blizzard and many of the other stories. It is very disturbing and difficult to read. I am ashamed. It feels like everything I thought I stood for has been washed away. What's worse, but even more important, real people have been harmed, and some women had terrible experiences. I was at Blizzard for 28 years. During that time, I tried very hard to create an environment that was safe and welcoming for people of all genders and backgrounds. Excuse me. I know that it was not perfect, but clearly we were far from that goal. The fact that so many women were mistreated and were not supported means we let them down. In addition, we did not succeed in making it feel safe for people to tell their truth. It is no consolation that other companies have faced similar challenges. I want, I wanted us to be different, better. Harassment and discrimination exist. They are prevalent in our industry. It is the responsibility of leadership to keep all employees feeling safe, supported, and treated equitably, regardless of their gender and background. It is the responsibility of leadership to stamp out toxicity and harassment in any form across all levels of the company. The blizzard of women who experienced any of these things, I am extremely sorry that I failed you. I realize that these are just words, but I wanted to acknowledge the women who had awful experiences. I hear you, I believe you, and I am so sorry to have let you down. I want to hear your stories. If you are willing to share them as a leader in our industry, I can and will use my influence to help drive positive change and to combat misogyny, discrimination, and harassment wherever I can. I believe we can do better, and I believe the gaming industry can be placed where women and minorities are welcomed, included, supported, recognized, rewarded, and ultimately unimpeded from the opportunity to make the types of contributions that all of us um, join this industry to make. I want the mark I leave on this industry to be something that we can all be proud of. It sounded like you had a specific thought from that statement. I didn't <clears throat> I didn't read that this was an ex Blizzard boss. I thought this was the the current boss, the same one who had made oh, the okay. same statements up above. But I think the point still remains that I was going to make that y you you have to create a, an environment where people feel safe and comfortable and you have to you have to make that the norm and not and the, mm -hmm. the exception of the rule will be like, hey, this one time I'm going to make sure that the environment's completely right so you can come forward if you feel comfortable. That has to be, it has to be a culture of, of rewarding coming forward with this information rather than sweeping it under the rug or something like that. And some of the specific things that came out were like, for instance, um, someone who had made a ton more, um, I think they were on the sales team, a ton more sales pitches and they had made more money from their marketing campaigns and they had done something better, but her male counterpart got the, so this isn't necessarily about sexual harassment, but about, you know, um, pay inequity. Unfair treatment, compensation, yeah. that kind of stuff. So her, her male coworker who had done a lot worse got the promotion. And then as soon as that happened, he then took all of his responsibilities and put them off on her. And he just literally got drunk and played video games all day. And that, that's the kind of thing that like people notice that even if she doesn't mm -hmm. come forward, people have to notice that it's happening. And yeah. that's something that it's it's a huge failure on on so many different management levels in that company, but on the CEO, like it's their responsibility to go in there and say, how do we make this? How do we create this culture 
Um, and it mm-hmm. and he kind of mentioned that in his, I didn't realize again, this was the explosive boss, but he's like, Hey, I wanted to make sure that this happened for 28 years that I led the company. And obviously you didn't want to do it well enough because you failed miserably in that. Yeah. I, the whole, like, uh, we tried so hard. I'm like, but you, to your point, like people getting shit face drunk and then wandering around the office, harassing right. people. Like, it's just like, you notice that instantly, like you are in one place working with people every day. Like, it's not like you're working with a brand new team every time. You're working with the same people every day, right. all the time. It's just like, there's no way you don't know about that. I at least appreciate that he acknowledges that, like, he failed. I at least appreciate that. But, like, it's hard for me to imagine that if the culture was that bad, that you don't notice that. I just, I have a very hard time looking at it that way. It's just, yeah, it's extremely unfortunate. How do you um, not also have, like actual people on payroll with a company that size especially people on payroll yeah. whose job it is to look out for this kind of shit like the hr exists for a reason i mm-hmm. if people don't feel if you haven't been able to make a, a cultural people come forward and feel comfortable first of all that should be the goal but second of all like you should be able to police it somehow and <laughs> through like threat of termination mm-hmm. or or something like that you should be able to monitor this behavior and it just it blows my mind that all of this stuff happens and no one and everyone pretends they don't see it. Yeah, and especially with, with some of these people who were called out as repeated offenders. Like the first time something happens, really something should have happened. Of course, like you should have done something to um, to reprimand or something like that, move them to a different part, like whatever you need to do, fire them, like whatever it looks like. Um, Sometimes these things obviously are very hard to prove where there are witnesses. Like, it's a lot of, you know, it can be very tough to prove these cases. But when you have the same person being accused over and over and over and over again, and that person's climbing up the ladder, the excuses of like, well, we just didn't know, we didn't have enough evidence, is just, is not believable. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And another thing, and this is kind of building off what you were saying too, is in their their official statement, they say like, oh, but we have all these different tools. We have the confidential integrity headline. We have the employee relations like team for investigating misconduct. The complaint is that those things weren't working, not that they didn't exist. Right. So it's again, like, it's just, I feel like everything they've said is kind of tone deaf. Now, That's what it all boils. It, it all boils down to them not, not listening and not believing. And that is the only excuse for it. It has to be people came forward or people observed it. They brought it up and someone either denied it or they swept it under the rug or literally in his statement, mm-hmm. he said uh, it, that he, he dismissed like any inappropriate behavior. I don't remember where it is now anymore in this thing, but yeah, he denounces any yeah, harassment well, or misconduct. Right. There's literally a lawsuit from multiple years of misconduct and harassment. And you're saying, no, nah, none of that happened. And like, that's exactly the problem that got you where you are today. Yeah. You're not listening. And even if you have an yeah. open door and if you have this ABK program, if you have this secure hotline, it doesn't matter if none of that shit means anything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the important thing here is the actions, not the words. Yeah. Especially when it's the repeated offenses. And the only the only way I can see Activision coming out of this without legal consequences, if they can prove, yes, we had these problems, but when we initiated these programs, you can clearly see a difference afterwards. That's the only way, but I'm just not getting the vibe that that's what is happening here. 
Like, not at all. Yeah. Like, the kind of we were talking about earlier with Brian Townsend being brought on in, in March to handle the stuff. They knew this was coming. They knew this lawsuit was going to happen. And it seems like they're walking all around it to deny it, to say it's not really as bad as, as everyone's saying. It's distorted. And I'm like, no, not when the government is suing you like this. This isn't like Epic suing Apple, where Epic's going to use hugely inflammatory language to, you know, essentially act as marketing to work on their behalf. Like, that's not what this is. These right. claims were, there's evidence for them, and they're going after Activision now. What do you do with this information as a consumer? Yeah, I, I think that's... That's usually what comes up anytime we hear something question. about, like, crunch or really awful um, harassment or anything like that. Like, the question is, like, how do, I, how do I make my voice heard? There's always, like, the vote with your wallet kind of thing. You did for Last of Us Part Two for crunch. You were like, I'm yep. going to delay it for two weeks so they don't see that initial stat. But it's so complicated because I also saw on there, like, Stephen Dutzman, our podcast dad, he... He tweeted that people had been asking him, are you going to stop playing World of Warcraft? And he has that World of Warcraft content as in like in protest. And I think he made a really good point that like there are people this again, this comes up and it's hard to deal with every single time. But there are people who worked really hard on that game who deserve to be paid and compensated for it. But then he also said there are people who rely on playing that game with me in order to be happy in their lives and they're my friends get more out of playing with me than my voice does by not playing it. And that was a really yep. interesting thing that I, I hadn't considered either, but it, it, it's something that I'm, I'm constantly thinking about the next time a Ubisoft game comes out that I want to play when Diablo four comes out, whenever the fuck it's coming out or Diablo immortal comes Diablo out. Two resurrected. Diablo two resurrected yeah. coming out soon. Yeah. It's like, it's going to color the way that I think about it, but I, it's just such a hard decision and not even a decision this is like what do you what are you deciding between i have no clue this is why i was happy with how i handled the last of us thing last year which is what you were saying like in the, last year the primary thing for me was was that if developers don't get their bonuses that crunch was worthless which like we're doing this to support them yeah i don't want to hurt them that's why i kind of thought like the two-week boycott is i think a good compromise on that it's like a shot across the bow we have let this company know that we are not happy with their their practice. Um, but it, it requires a lot of people doing it. And that's kind of the thing. And that's what's tough here is it's not like, I mean, I did it last year because I wanted to personally made me feel good about um, about my purchase and for kind of doing what I thought was right. Um, and as much as here's the thing is, I would do that in this case, but there's not really any Activision games I'm forward to. Like, there's nothing I'm going to buy anyway. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'll be honest, like, I'm not going to do it, but it's not because I'm going to buy the games anyway. I'm not buying them anyway. I wouldn't have beforehand. Um, but I do have to think about it with Ubisoft. Like, you know, um, Mario Rabbids, um, Spark of Hope, like, yeah. next year. Yeah, it's like, I'm just going to wait two weeks. I just think that's that's kind of my my approach to it. Um, but it's it's super tough, is kind of what you and were pointing out with Steven Dutzman's comments. It's tough. How do you make a stand? In this case, I'm not as familiar with the Ubisoft one because we actually haven't talked about that on the, on the podcast. But in this case, like, if they're getting, like I said earlier, if they're getting sued by the government, it's because the government has enough evidence that they think they can win the case. So it's really, I kind of feel like right now, the best thing we can do is pay attention and see how that lawsuit goes and not forget about this. Because sometimes these stories just get forgotten about, like, 
next week something else distracts us, and then we're not talking about this anymore. Or we're not, not even not talking about it. Like, I don't think we have to talk about it every single week until the lawsuit happens, unless there's <laughs> obviously new information. But um, but to be aware that you know this stuff happens there, to look out for that lawsuit coming up. I think the other thing we can do too is just like not even as consumers, but just people is keep an eye out for it. Don't be that person that just says Bobby wouldn't do that. Right. Don't be that person. Yeah. Listen to people and support people. Listen. It's like that's kind of what it comes down to. And Listen. you know, as a as a a listener, person who's listening to our show, and another way you can make an impact is while it might not have anything to do with video games, listen at your workplace. Don't be don't be the person whose company ends up getting sued and you're like, I had no idea what was going on around me when so apparently so and so was part of the lawsuit. And I had no idea. Like, be the person who's actively looking out. Be an ally. Like, stand up for people when you see mistreatment, and and make sure that you're doing mm-hmm. everything that you can. Be familiar with your business conduct practices and where the hotlines are and all that all that stuff that yeah can be helpful. Because if you see it and you're in a place of privilege where you feel comfortable talking to someone about it and the, the person who's receiving all of that does not feel mm-hmm. like they are comfortable enough, that can be the difference between you saving them from a world of hurt or in this woman's case at Activision Blizzard, that could save their life because she committed suicide yeah. because of all of the harassment. And yeah. um, So be an ally. Don't be ignorant. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I think it's a good place to, to leave it because I, I kind of feel like just beyond that, there's not too much more to say. Oh, Be aware. Yelling. Listen. Just find, <laughs> look up where, whatever direction on the compass Activision Blizzard's headquarters is and just yell in that direction. Just a general <laughs> screaming. Um, I'm, I, I really hope for the best in this case. Um, this is much bigger than I think most instances we've seen of this. Yeah. Including, like, honestly, like, in- including, uh, I had to disagree with my mom about this, actually, but I think including the Harvey Weinstein situation. Because, like, obviously there was a culture cultivated in the Harvey Weinstein situation, but it seems like it was ultimately Harvey was, like, the main person behind this. Oh, sure. Whereas this sounds like it's a culture throughout the company, which seems like a much bigger problem to solve, first of all, but also just more, more isolating for the people who were harmed, I can imagine. Yeah. So it's uh, this is a huge deal. This is a a huge situation. Um, but yeah, let's move on to something. Um, like we do every week, let's talk about our playtime. That you were playing a new game this week, and a game I'm actually very curious to hear your thoughts about because I want to play it, but I'm going to wait for it to come to other consoles because I don't want to find a power cable to plug into my Xbox. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So Destiny Two, <laughs> it's not out yet on Steam Deck, but it will be coming to Steam Deck. So when it does, you can play it. Um, Perfect. <laughs> uh, I played, obviously, yes, more Destiny 2. We raided on Friday night. It was awesome. And then I also played Death Store. I got, I heard all the buzz all over social media, all the outlets talking about how great Death Store was, reviewing super well everywhere. And then I was like, what the fuck is this game? Why do I know the name of it? And then I looked up um a short gameplay clip of it and i was like oh fuck that's gorgeous and i do remember seeing that yeah, like a devolver is. thing i think it was maybe a devolver 83 this year where they showed it and i was like that looks great so i downloaded it day it came out there was a discount you can get it for 16 bucks instead of 20 but it's xbox and pc only right now um i don't know if it's meant to stay that exclusive but it's from devolver digital who publishes it so 
they're not necessarily uh, a company that makes exclusive software, so I assume that it will come to everything else eventually. Mm-hmm. But here's the game, Holden. I'm in love with it. In fact, up until we were playing, Ooh. up until we recorded this, I was I was playing it. Just beat the the second boss of like the first whole full proper world and dungeon, and it's a a video game. The art style is very similar to. Um, it looks a lot like Monument Valley almost on iPhone. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. Ice, I've seen it's beautiful like isometric. It. It's uh, a lot of really beautiful environments and and um, but the the gameplay is it's a beautiful mix of of like the Dark Souls franchise in terms of some of the mechanics, Zelda in terms of some of the puzzle solving and the combat and the bosses especially and then a little bit of um bastion thrown in there and which are like three Ooh. amazing video games all mashed yeah. into one and that's that's a big thing to say but i really do truly feel that so i've i've played about four hours of it so far which as i imagine as i understand is like just less than halfway through it um and i am the so some of the mechanics so it's you're going into these different doors you're a little crow that's walking around hitting people with swords and stuff like that you get a a bow and arrow and then eventually magic and and so you're you're walking around through these doors uh, you're a living reaper is what they call it and you're going to like harvest souls and stuff to eventually i guess get out of this like death dimension where everyone's sitting there all the reapers and stuff like that there's a guy a bird sitting there out of the little typewriter like an accountant in in freaking the producers or something like that and then there's one overlord guy it's from devolver so all of the dialogue is also really snappy and witty and and great but you are going into these little doors that are like in this floating weird death realm and then you go through the door and you're in these beautiful environments and that also those serve as your like the if you think about demon souls the nexus the hub is that little death realm and then the doors are all the little gravestones leading you to all the other places and uh, as you go through you are going around this this isometric world you're defeating enemies the enemies all have some kind of like trick to them whether it's one that has like this really really big skull shaped rock on its back so you won't you can only hit it from his front but he tumbles at you or there are some that like do these spinning attacks there are these mages that shoot fireballs that you can reflect them with your sword like you're fighting ganondorf and uh so it's it's really fun to go around the world and fight these and especially when they throw different types of them at you and you got to figure out how am i going to tackle this little room but uh you're the whole time that you're going you're unlocking little shortcuts back to the door so that if you die the world resets you open up that door you walk right back into that room and then or that that land and you got to keep going so you unlock these shortcuts so it's like a bloodborne dark souls almost type thing yeah where if you progress far enough and you get there it doesn't matter if you die because your progress isn't completely reset what i like about it is that it's a lot more accessible than dark souls though because there's not you don't lose anything by dying other than progress. Like you don't you don't have this oh, these giant pools of of blood echoes or souls or whatever they are. You don't you're not losing mm-hmm. all of those. You do have like upgrade materials that you pick up, these little orbs that you get from killing people or from finding them in the world that you can then make your attack stronger or fight faster or make your magic stronger, stuff like that. But um you don't lose any of those if you die. It's just resetting your progress to the world. 
So all of that is really cool. There are all sorts of little hidden secrets and like you can go in here and find little uh, uh, extra little chunk of orbs or come in here and find like I found a wedding ring so far. It's like you found a wedding ring. Now you just got to find someone who wants to marry you. I'm like, cool. I'll fucking come across that sometime. There are little puzzles everywhere. Like there's a there's like a chess board with a bunch of vases on it. And as you hit five vases, they all just kind of respawn. And there's got to be some solution to that puzzle. It's in the world. I have no idea what that solution is, but I just had to keep going. And eventually I figure I'll come back and solve it after I gain some number of knowledge. But then they also have that, you know, that the Metroidvania type thing where as you progress through the story, you get abilities like magic or things that will unlock other parts of the world. So you can go back through these levels and find other little hidden secrets and puzzles and treasures and things like that. Um, so it's really great, really fun to explore. But then the boss battles are the most Zelda-ass thing I've ever seen. They are, they are, uh, almost all of them so far have taken place in like a 2D top-down Zelda-type room where it's a big square room yeah. or it's a big platform that you're on or something yep. like that. And it's all just about reflecting shots with your sword or hurling things at them or they'll throw something at you. you got to pick it up and throw it back at them or or dodging their attack and it's all mechanics that i've seen in a trillion different zelda bosses uh over the x amount of zelda games i've ever played so i think this is a when it comes to another platform because again it's xbox exclusive unless you have a pc right now unless you get a steam deck there you go you can get a steam deck but when it comes to other platforms i think this is a day one purchase for you because i think you're gonna freaking love it yeah, I really, 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 really want to play it. Um, and it's so stupid. I'm just like, I don't have a power cable for an Xbox, or I can't find it at least. Uh, so I'm not going to... Actually, I do know where it is. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that, though. I totally get that. It's honestly mostly just that I'm so used to the snappiness of the next-gen console that I don't want to use an Xbox One S at this point. Yeah. Like, I just don't want to deal with that slowness. It's just so snobby of me. I'm just pulling out my iPad actually for a second because I just came up with an idea and I need to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for um, a game? Yeah. Um, well, not a game, but like uh, a boss battle encounter, actually. It just, just hit me. I'm like, that's fucking cool. Awesome. So, yeah, I've been playing that. I'm really enjoying it. It has been taking me away from, however, Zelda. I played a slight little bit more of Skyward Sword. Um... I got to, I I cleansed the first little area. I maybe made an, an extra hour of progress at most, but I, I started in the little forest area, dived down in the clouds. Apparently my bird's a little wuss and won't dive under the clouds with me and just like throws me off its back onto the ground. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I like cleansed that first stone thing, went and saw this lady and she's like, here's a door that's open for you now. I'm like, awesome, cool. And then that's, that's as far as I've gotten. So I assume I'm like in or like at the first dungeon, maybe that first temple. So who was the lady who said that? I don't this know. Like she was like in the middle of a, there was like a, in the middle of this, there was a big door that I opened up and then I went inside and then she's like sitting on this pedestal up on this. Did she have like she was in like a red hood? Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, you're nowhere near a dungeon yet. <laughs> oh, okay, awesome, great. So that's yeah. as far as I've progressed <laughs> there because I've been playing Death's Door whenever I have yeah. time to to play games. Yeah, um, yeah, I totally get playing Death's Door first. To be honest, it sounds like that's the better. Yeah, although I've got <laughs> um, to, we've got a week left of this month, and uh, we got to play Katana Zero, and that's only like eight or ten hours, so I can just quit work yeah. and do that. I was talking to Cozy Bear, and he, um, oh, I forgot a game I have to put in here. I was talking to Cozy Bear, and he, um, 
Alex Cozina from, from twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear, who makes a lot of really cool, awesome cooking stuff. That's the same fella. They're playing Mario Kart for game night. Got which it. I'm not going to talk about Mario Kart, because Mario Kart, there's tracks you can race. You know what Mario <laughs> Kart is. But um, you can say that if you people want to play Mario Kart with us or other games, patreon.com slash fire, where you can, for $1, join us on game nights. Um... So I guess what are your? You got enough time to use the motion controls for like sword mechanics in Zelda versus like the a button controls. Bit. You got to see the one thing okay. that's frustrating me so far that it's like a very sweet spot. Again, I'm using separated Joy Cons to play. Is yeah. the Skyward Strike like raising above your hand, your head, and starting? <laughs> yeah, because it, I have. I play sometimes like laying down on the floor in front of my TV, and so I'll just like raise it up. <laughs> And then I'll like, like raise it all the way up. I'm like, freaking, I'll stand up. And that's not working. <laughs> and I'm just doing this. I'm like, freaking, raise your sword, dude. And he's just like, it's, it's <laughs> obnoxious. And then I figured out that if I just like, if I raise up my head and tilt it back just a little bit, that seems to click it in this place rather than pointing up and just oh. tilt it backwards. That seems to raise it up above his head. I wish I knew that because there's a boss where you have to use skyward strike. In, like, the heat of the moment, like, shit's going on around you, prepare your Skyward Strike and then go. And I, I was getting frustrated because that's what you were saying. It's like, <laughs> no, up, up, yes. up. <laughs> I know what to do, just do it. Yep. Um, yeah, I, so here's the thing about Zelda Skyward Sword. I am mixed on it. But I'm mixed not if I like it or not. I'm mixed on is it a great Zelda game or not. And in many ways, I'm like, this is a great Zelda game. And in other ways, I'm like, this is frustrating. And that is part of it. The motion controls didn't bother me as much until the combat started to get harder. No, oh, yeah. So I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but I'm doing the six heart challenge. I'm not oh, you are? collecting any heart piece. Oh I gosh, am, okay. yeah. I'm not collecting any heart pieces, I'm not collecting any... Although, I have accidentally gotten two heart pieces. Scary. Because <laughs> if I get two more, I have to, like, go back to an earlier save, and hopefully I'm allowed to do that. Or I'm capable of doing that. Like, an <laughs> auto-save right as I got it oh, or something. You said allowed, and I'm like, oh god, I have to go ask my mom. Mom, can I go back to another <laughs> save? Does that still count as a six-heart challenge? And she's like, no. No, I was gonna call E.G. Onuma. E.G., can I please revert back to gold save? Um... So, yeah, like, I, the motion controls didn't bother, because they're not bad. I don't think they're bad. But when you have limited hearts, and you're coming across one of the Bokoblins that has the electric sword, where if you hit it, you lose a whole heart, Ooh. it's very frustrating when you go to make the side strike, and then he all of a sudden moves over, and you can't respond fast enough in time. Whereas when you have the button controls, it's easier to handle the situations. Sure. But I want to play with the motion controls because that's kind of how it's designed to be played. It makes camera controls easier, that kind of stuff. So it can get a little frustrating at parts because of that. But I also don't like, I don't really know if it would have perfect motion controls. I don't really know if, like, because there's so much going on in terms of how someone would swipe differently than somebody else. They have to accommodate for so many different like movesets, I can imagine that like the recalibration is there, like as a mandatory. You have to have that. I don't know. It can get a little messy. Um, but the thing that makes me just love this game so much is just every dungeon is 
fucking awesome. Every single wait. one has been so good so far. And the boss battles are so fun. And um, Cozy made a good point, too, when I was talking to him about it, which is that this Zelda game, I think, is better than any of the other Zelda games at um, at progressing the the puzzles in the game in terms of always using your items going forward. There's not so far there's not really like a Dominion rod or a spinner where I'll use it in one dungeon yeah. and it's cool and then never really use it after that. Everything seems to have come back in some way, shape, or form. But the dungeons are just like so good. Uh, I think I have one left now. I'm gonna try to beat the game tonight. I'm um, at the the fire sanctuary. But I don't know what to expect, so no one spoil anything for me in the chat. Um, and but the other thing that's like frustrating with the game is, at first I'm like, I love the overworld. It's so cool that all these different areas are like basically dungeons, and you do this like different dungeon before going to the main dungeon. I'm like, that's kind of cool. But then it kind of gets exhausting because everything is the same. Everything's like, kind of one note in that way. And I don't even one note in the worst way. It's not like I'm hating it, but it's just like okay, the overworld is just another dungeon again. But not a lot of overworld. There's boring sky and then three <laughs> areas to go to, and the three areas you go back to twice each. And then literally go over the same linear path that you went over the last time. Uh. And it's really tedious. Like, like for example... One of my least favorite things about Twilight Princess was the Twilight Realm portions where you'd have, you'd turn into Wolf Link and collect the bugs to fill up the Vessel of Light to restore, like, light to that area, get rid of the Twilight. I'm like, I get it's there. It's not like it's awful, but it's probably one of the weakest parts of Twilight Princess. And then they do that again in this game, but in the last half, when you return to areas you've already been to, so you're navigating <laughs> an area you've already been to, to do a mechanic that wasn't really all that fun in Twilight Princess to begin with. And it's such a slog. It's just like, what were you thinking? Like, there's enough content in this game. I think they could have gotten rid of that and found some other way to, to give you the item you need to get to the next dungeon. I don't know. Like, it just... The, la the, the last half of the dungeons are better so far, but then, like, the getting to each dungeon has gotten worse. And after, in the second half, after you beat a dungeon, you have to go back to this one area to learn a song, to fly back to another area you've already gone to before so you can use that song. And it's just like, there's just so many points where I'm like, you didn't have to fluff it this much. You didn't have to add this much fluff. It would have been fine without this stuff, I think. But I still want to keep playing because I really, really enjoy the puzzles. I really enjoy... The art style, honestly, is just really great, and all the dungeons feel different than something I have seen before in a Zelda game. The last dungeon I did was the Sand Ship, which I don't know if I can tell you what, like, what, how to solve puzzles, but it involves a time mechanic of like jumping back and forth from the past to the present in a way that you have to understand the layout of the dungeon to get the best use out of it. I'm like, this is just cool. I just like these dungeons. A lot. So, like, I'm mixed on it, but mixed on, is this a great Zelda game? Yeah. Or a good Zelda game? Um, I, I just looked up was... how long it takes to beat, and it says 38 and a half hours. What is the average Zelda game? Um, I think that, that like, normal? I know Breath of the Wild is, like, 50. But that's not, that's that seems like the outlier, because it's such a big game. I don't... Yeah. Yeah, look that up. I'm curious. 
What does it say for like Ocarina of Time? Because it has a lot of dungeons in it. Twilight Princess That's also has a lot of dungeons. Twenty five for that. In it. Really interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see about Majora's Ma- Majora's Mask. I'm sure is much shorter too. Yeah, Wind Waker is probably shorter. Well, I don't know. Twenty five for Majora's Mask. Twenty nine for Wind Waker. Yeah, it's a long. Forty hours is a long Zelda game. I'm about 22 hours in, and I feel like I'm very close to the end. Like, I'm just now <laughs> You might at... just be halfway. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's, not. So, well, um, Skyward Sword, okay. Uh, so, I also have, like, I have all the items. I, I just feel like I'm at the last area. Unless okay, they throw a surprise on, at hold me. Hold on. This might be due to some of the improvement, the quality of life improvements. Zelda Skyward Sword on Wii. Main story, 38 and a half hours. Main plus extra 46 hours. Completion is 58. Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD on Switch. Main story is 28. Main plus extra is 34 and a half. Completion is 35. Okay, so th- they've cut a lot. They've That's... cut that game down almost in half. From, well, I'll uh, tell the you what it is. At least. I played a little bit of Skyward Sword on the Wii when that came out. I just never finished it. And B talks to you all the goddamn time in that game. And that's the biggest thing I think that they cleaned up. So I really think that they may have had 10 hours of fee dialogue like, in the original <laughs> version of that game. Like, holy shit. That's bananas. That is bananas. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at Skyward Sword. Probably by next week I'll, I'll have it fit. We'll talk about it. But I do want to finish tonight. But we'll kind of see if it turns out there's 7 billion more dungeons after I finish this one. <laughs> um... Speaking of motion controls and terrible motion controls, uh, here's a story about my friend Steven who let me know that he got a, you know, like, point the gun at the screen and shoot the chickens game for Switch. And it's called Chicken Range. It was like $10 okay. for the game and the gun. And he was telling me how, like... Like, a, is it a gun attachment for the for the Switch Joy-Con or is it an actual, like, yeah. peripheral? Okay. You put, yeah, you put this, the Joy-Cons in there, and actually, this is something I kind of liked about it, is the trigger is the right trigger of a Joy-Con. Okay. It was actually kind of like, well, they did that. Um, but let me tell you, um, this is, it was, it was bad. It was really <laughs> bad. <laughs> like, holy crap. Um, the mechanic is basically these chickens running across the screen, and they're throwing eggs at the screen, which blocks your view. Once the whole view is filled up with eggs, you lose but you have to aim and point the screen to shoot them. But because this is a gyroscope game and not a Wii-style, like, point at the, the sensor bar uh-huh. style game, it doesn't work by aiming at a chicken and firing. It's like, let me move this a little bit to the right so that I can hit that chicken over there. And you kind of yeah. have to, like, infer a little bit. But what makes it really, really terrible is there, at least to what I noticed, there didn't seem to be a way to reset the gyro. So at a certain point while playing this, my game was literally parallel to the TV trying to figure <laughs> out, like, how to, like, aim properly. It was, it, was a, it was a puzzle in and of itself. Like, holy crap. Garbage. Garbage. But, like... Are they, are they throwing to, like, eggs and then, like, the whole eggs block the screen? Or is it, like... Egg yolk and stuff like that covering up the screen. Egg yolk and stuff like that. That yeah. is abhorrent. Can you imagine if you played a game <laughs> where a bunch of humans were coming at you throwing their babies at the screen and all their babies' blood? was That is awful. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a positive spin on it. It is 
um, armed eggs, which don't actually have a fetus inside of it, and they're they're protesting their treatment from their farmer. Is that part of the story, or is that what you made up to make me feel better? I made it up to make you feel better, but it's true, 100% true. You should feel better now. Um, it was, like, fun to play for five minutes because it was bad. It was like, wow, this exists. Um, but, yeah, don't don't play this game. Don't do not do it. It's, right. uh, Chicken it's range. not worth it. Taking it Chicken off range. Chicken range, don't. Who had that on, on Fantasy Critic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also played a lot of Animal Crossing this week. I think I'm back. I think I'm back at Animal Crossing again because I have some more projects I'm working on. My initial like Island 4.0 projects just wrapped them, and I just started to kind of just roll with it and see what happened. And I'm just looking pretty good, actually. I have revamped my campsite. Um, I removed the hidden secret area on my map, but I'll be doing something in that kind of vein, but I won't talk about it yet because I haven't done it yet. Um, and I am working, I'm in uh, a cherry orchard, which is lined with cliffs, which are covered in tulips of, that are red, yellow, and white, and it never repeats the same color up or down, left, right. It's, the diagonally it will, but it's always, like, different. There's 150 tulips. It took a while. Oh my god! Yeah, but it was... Get out graph paper and write it all down? No, so what I did is I would just, I was like, okay, red, yellow, you know, uh, red, yeah, red, yellow, white, red, yellow, white. But then if it would kind of laid out with the second, the next row was irregular, I couldn't see the, the flower color yet because it was just a little weed in the ground, basically. So I'd like dig it up and be like, okay, that's a yellow one. I can't put a yellow one here, so I'll change the pattern temporarily <laughs> to this and then, and then afterwards, the next day, when the flowers had grown a little bit, and I could start seeing a little like speck of color coming out of them, I just kind of walked through to make sure there weren't any like um, doubled colors together. And if I, there were, I would dig it up, hold it, find another area with double colors, see if I could put the other color I had in my pocket there oh instead, and just kind of like move things around. And it worked. It looks great. Um, I don't have to do it again for the next part of the island, so we'll have fun <laughs> doing that. But. Uh, it's it's manageable. It it actually sounds a lot harder than it really was. Um but it's yeah, I, I think it's shaping up really well. I like that. I like my cherry orchard. I'm gonna move my rock garden, I think, which would be kind of a pain in the ass because you can't like move it. You have to break the rocks, and then each day one rock will repopulate somewhere on the island. So I kinda need to like set up enough on my island, know where I'm gonna put that rock garden, and see if I can block off enough areas in the map where I think it could respond so that it doesn't respond there and kind of force it to respond in this one area. I've done it before. It just takes a long fucking time. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing it. Are you time I'm traveling to make all that happen? Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Um, but it's working out. It looks good. Um, I'm happy with it. Um, I got a lot more to do, though. I have, like, a, a bigger vision now. And I'm just, I don't know. It's looking good. I'm happy with it so far. Really hoping that next update comes out. I really hope it does. They used to update once I don't a month. Know. Well, they used to update once a month, and now the last update they did was the end of April. So it's been like three months since they've updated the game. I feel like if there's a three month gap, something big is coming. Is it's that's way past their usual. Excuse me. Their usual. Um, 
the usual cadence of releases for the updates. And Doug Bowser was saying, like, they're still releasing updates, so it's going to happen. I think there's going to be a bigger update soon. So, so that's Animal Crossing. Back into it. I just love that game. Oh, and, 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 and. This is important to me. Stupid, nerdy thing, but it's important to me. Um, when you're on the Switch, you can, you can, um, sort your games in, like, the full list of all your games by the total time played, which is generally how I do it. But even though I put in, like, a hundred more hours into Animal Crossing over Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild was always the first game listed, and I never understood why. But I inferred it was because game. No, I I inferred it was because the different user accounts it it incorporates all the different user accounts. Whereas when I look at my profile to see how many hours I've spent in the game, I can only see just the one profile. So like, oh, I probably spent a hundred hours in another profile where I did like the three heart challenge for Breath of the Wild, and I did um. I did another run, I can't remember, I did another style run. I probably did it in that. And that's why it was, like, too much. But now, Animal Crossing's number one, the way I want it. I have put more time on that game than anything else. Actually, nice. literally any game ever. Um, Damn! So yeah, that's Yeah, that's Animal Crossing. And speaking of Animal Crossing, moving on to the Sony Quest log. Um, <laughs> ow. And in a weird position. I'm like, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's better now. Um, so Michael Pachter thinks Sony's E3 strategy is, quote, really dumb. The Zermenicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. This comes from the Sifted show, Pachter Factor. It's S-I-F-T-D, which it is actually pronounced Sifted. Okay. It doesn't look like it, but that is how it's pronounced. I watch Pachter Factor pretty actually. I, even though I don't agree with Michael Pachter, I appreciate his input because he's a financial analyst who has connections to executives, like hosts, like networking parties, the three, like he's connected. He knows shit. So I think it's worth yeah. listening. To. Um, and this is what he said. Here's the full quote. I think Sony is taking a wrong direction. I think they're making a huge strategic um, error, abandoning E3. I think that is just the wrong thing to do. And I'm hopeful that they figure it out and they come back next year. Somebody convinced them that they'll save 20 million bucks by skipping E3. And this year's E3, maybe that was a prudent decision. They skipped the one prior as well. And I think that's just a bad move. Really dumb strategy because you can't buy that much press for 20 million bucks. Having an event and getting all your fans to focus on that single event is really, really powerful. And I think that whoever's advising their management that skipping E3 is a cost-conscious move and smart is just wrong. They're just dumb. Very uh, tactfully put for Michael Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we agree. Yeah, you agree. When we, when we talked about E3 afterwards this year, I think we all pretty much agreed. We're like, man, I miss Sony. I miss that little, yep. there's a Sony-sized hole in my heart. But I couldn't remember. Obviously, they skipped this year, and they had their own thing like a few weeks later with the Sony State of Play. They skipped last year because E3 skipped last year. And then... Did they did they also skip the year before? Did they skip 2019? They skipped 2019, so it's been, yeah. Damn, it's been three over three years since we saw Sony at an E3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I hadn't considered that that yeah the money that they save by skipping E3 also means that they miss out on a ton of advertising and like that's probably a lot of advertising like you you couldn't buy that with money. And then I started to think about yeah. everyone who's not 
us who's not like plugged into the video game industry and oh there's a state of play coming i'm gonna literally put it on a calendar so that i can make sure to watch it there are other people <laughs> who are like they'll catch up on ign when they see a headline saying state of play today revealed blah 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 I'm like cool let me catch up with that and then there are the people who don't pay attention to any of that and they just read about it in i don't know the fucking new york times or wherever they you know those kind of <laughs> people like like my brother-in-law yeah. who like he'll play all the big sony hits and stuff like that and then he'll he'll like bring up a story like oh my god did you hear about this game coming out and i'll be like i've known about that game for a trillion weeks and i know thirty thousand different awful things that are going on behind the scenes for it and he's just like <laughs> i read about this today on buzzfeed and i was like okay but anyway i think about all those people and those people like they do they they see the big publications who publish all sorts of stories about e3 probably don't publish everything about little tiny Sony E3 or Sony state of plays. So that's certainly the most recent state of play. Uh, yeah. So uh, having all those, all that focus and like people like my brother-in-law are looking specifically during E3 because they know E3 is coming around. Like that's when they're paying attention. Sony's missing out uh, on a ton of people. And I hadn't really thought yeah. about that. Because I've always been the I've yeah, always been a fan of like I get it Nintendo Direct they're the way to go Sony State of Play I get it let's just do it all mm -hmm. digital trailer 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 anyway and why not do it on their own terms they don't have to worry about paying E3 and being part of and so I've always been kind of a proponent of that but now I'm like I don't know maybe I'm starting to consider that you should come back to E3 I don't know yeah I'm starting to think that maybe they should too to give Sony some. They can play devil's advocate for Sony. It's also probably just that they want to have control over their messaging, not just for um, having their own event, but also for timing. Like, they don't want to feel pressured to make sure they have things for E3. Sure. They want to talk about things when they feel like it's actually time to. Otherwise, that's when you get, like, this game's coming out holiday 2021, and then it's actually coming out, like, summer 2022, and that was the plan the whole time, really, but they needed that E3 moment. Um, so they can probably avoid some of that stuff. But yeah, like the saving the money, the like just like you said, the um, um, like more people being aware, more eyes on it. But also, like right now, I don't know what Sony's doing. I think their marketing has been like really, really lackluster. Um, I mean, I was critical of their marketing last year too. Um, it got better obviously as the year went on. Um, but I'm I'm actually feeling really down on Sony right now because I don't really know what their exclusive games are going to be outside of Horizon, God of War, and Gran Turismo, which I don't care about anyway. Like, actually, I really only care about God of War out of those three. And I don't know anything about that. But apparently it's coming next year, but we haven't seen anything about that. And here's and this is kind of a spoiler for a future moment, but, like, Dead Space, that being a next-gen exclusive, means that EA has more next-gen exclusive games announced than Sony does. That's yeah. weird. That's really strange. So it's like, I don't know what their future is. I know Microsoft now has a ton of great stuff coming exclusively to their services and their box over the next few years. I know about that stuff now. And Sony has kind of let that attention go to Microsoft and Nintendo for literally about two months now. I kind of feel like there's not really an excuse for that. Like, you need to respond. And it feels like that Sony's getting cocky again. Like, apparently they sold 10 million units of PS5, and Series X and S combined only sold, like, 5 million or 5.9 million so far or something like that. So, like, Sony's like clearly, like, coming out ahead right now. And I just hope it's not – this isn't them getting arrogant. 
because I don't think they can afford to be arrogant anymore because Microsoft is absolutely going to be a formidable opponent or competitor in just like the next probably few years. And I just yeah. hope that Sony is ready for that. Maybe that's where they're silent right now so they can be you know prepping for that. I don't know, but I just would like to hear more from them in general. And I think being at E3 is a major component of that. I think they've, the reason why they skipped, obviously, the first E3 is that, like, hey, I think they even came out and said this, like, we don't have anything to, really to show you right now, and we'd yeah. rather wait until we do. But I think they they might be in a little bit of that rut right now where there's, like, we we don't have anything. We don't feel like putting in the months of work to make a vertical slice right now when we could just focus that energy on the game itself because even, like, they can't even commit to a date or even, like, we're, we're pretty sure Horizon's on track for end of this year shrug i don't yeah. know so like, i mm-hmm. i feel like they're at the spot where if they had come to e3 this year they they would have been sacrificing a lot in order to make things make up announcements for things that they didn't necessarily want to reveal yet so i think you're that like you said controlling the messaging a little bit and not having to yeah. make big moments and obviously yeah it has some some backlash and it has some consequences for it and and xbox and nintendo are soaking up that that advertising sunlight mm-hmm. right now, but I, I feel like when they do finally have a lot to show off, like God of War and and whatever, all of these studios they're acquiring, all that kind of fun stuff. Whenever they finally do have things to say, I feel like they're going to come back to E3. Yeah. If E3 is still around in a way that's that's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're definitely right about them probably not having enough things to make that kind of event worthwhile. I think you're totally right on that. That is also, I think, part of my concern, too. If they were doing fully PS5-only experiences at this point, I think it would be more understandable. But we were at the beginning of the cycle of this console. Generally, you want to have things lined up. And they're doing cross-gen, which means they've probably had a lot of these games in development for a while now. Why aren't they prepared for this period? This is probably one of the most important periods of a console. And there's a reason Switch is doing so well right now. And I think a big reason for that is they had Zelda and, uh, and Mario Odyssey at the beginning and had this just like rock solid first year. I still think that Nintendo Switch's first year was their best year, without a doubt. Yeah. Zelda, Mario, uh, Mario Kart, even though it's a, it was a port, Splatoon, they had tons of stuff. It was an unbelievably good Arms. year. Arms. Arms, arms is great. Arms is good. Even stiffer clips is fun. Um, so yeah, I'm. I kind of feel like for me, no matter how I look at this, it's a little concerning for Sony. Not like critical, you know. They're doomed. They're doomed. Yeah, they're <laughs> not doomed, but it's a little like, what's going on over there? I'm a little concerned. Um, I still have my PS5. I still love my PS5. Not as as we talked about earlier with my power cable for Xbox. Clearly, I'm not <laughs> jumping ships anytime soon. You literally keep it in a different place than your Xbox, just so you have an excuse not to play your Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's so like yeah. when mom Look. when mom grounds you, and instead of having to like hide the whole system, she's like, "I'm just gonna take the power cable. That way, you just can't play this system." <laughs> <laughs> Which is so cruel because it's just teasing you right there. Yep. Yeah. And then you're like, how Although many different shaped power cables are around the house? Can I pull one out of mom's laptop? Yeah. Can I... <laughs> I was just going to say, like, when I was a kid, it would be like, Apple TV uses the same cord. I know mom doesn't know about that, so I'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, at night. Yeah. Totally something I would have done as a kid. Um, yeah, so that's Sony and E3. I think Michael Packer is largely correct here. 
I don't yep. I think he could have been more tactful, but that's just kind of how Michael Factor is. What am I talking about? I'm not very tactful. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> uh, moving on to the third-party quest log, Netflix's gaming pivot is mobile-focused and free for subscribers, as um, Austin um, Golson at Polygon. This is something we kind of talked about last week, which is, first of all, Netflix is doing this, but also, like, what is the plan? Is this going to be mobile yeah. games? Is it going to be, like, PlayStation games? And we, we now know this is mobile games, and it'll just be a category, just like movies and TV shows are categories on Netflix, and it will not change the subscription cost of it. Now that we know this, Chad, does this change how you feel about the service yeah, at all? Yeah, I am now 100% not interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they had mentioned yeah. you know we did minecraft story mode and then also we experimented with stranger things that mobile game and it's like okay that's that's the route they're going i'm no longer interested in it wonderful yeah i i do like that it's included with your your subscription no in-game ads no purchases i that's that's great but you are not targeting me and i'm okay yeah, I th- I agree with you there 100%. Like, I personally couldn't care less about this. Like, I just don't, it just doesn't impress me at all um, as as a console gamer. But I'm also going to be totally contradictory in the next story, by the way. But um, I do think this is actually a smart business move for Netflix. Because, first of all, the mobile market is huge. It is yeah. as big as the console market. It's not like they're ignoring gamers. They're going after a huge group of gamers, for sure. It will keep people in. Like, I was kind of reading their... Uh, I'm mean, going to read the whole thing, but I kind of um, scanned through the, their um, investor letter where they said all this stuff. And part of what they were saying was that they just need another way to maintain subscribers, and I think this is a way to do that and kind of to continue to grow. We're like, oh, you know, I don't really have a Stranger Things show to watch right now, but I'll, I'll keep playing that Stranger Things game until... You know, it comes out. I think it makes sense for that reason. I also think just in the whole of game streaming, this is a smart approach because what's easier to stream, Destiny or a Stranger Things mobile game? Yeah. You will you can work on that technology and refine that with something that's a little bit easier to work with, and then you can start scaling up. Like, maybe this is what the PlayStation thing is about. Maybe it's about getting some of their mobile games because PlayStation was talking about that and getting some of those on Netflix, and then that opens a door to get Ghost of Tsushima like, later on or something like that on there. Um, so I think this is a smart business move, but I do think it doesn't speak to gamers like us. Yep. But allow me to be a hypocrite for a second, because Tetris <laughs> Beat brings the classic puzzle game to Apple Arcade, says um, CJ Anderson. Is it Anderson? Sure, it's Anderson. Sorry, CJ. Uh, at Destructoid. Also coming is Jetpack, Joyride Plus, and Monster Hunter Stories, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a big get for Apple Arcade. It is, yeah. It's the mobile version of it, so I don't think it does controller support, but it's it's an, it's an RPG. It's like a turn-based RPG, so I think that's probably fine. And the sequel's coming to Switch this year, I think, too. That's I think it already came about. out, or it's about it? to come out. I can't remember. Um, maybe it's already. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to Monster Hunter that much. Yeah. But I just wanted to... I wanted to talk about Apple Arcade for a little bit here. Because first okay. of all, I've checked, I've checked Apple Arcade every day since this announcement to see when Tetris Beat is coming. Because I <laughs> can't wait. It is it is basically luminous, but leaning way more towards Tetris as opposed sure. to like a Dr. Mario style um, game or a Puyo Puyo game. 
Um, I'm like, oh, that just sounds fucking great. I'm so on board with that. And it's included in my subscription with Apple One. So, like, I'm just going to get it and play it, and that's awesome. Like, I'm super pumped for that. And I'm kind of looking through their catalog now, and I'm like, there's actually a lot of really good stuff here. I think they've really built up a, a good library of, of content, including class, classic games that are from the past that maybe you didn't buy, but now you can just play it. And I'm like, I think it's actually really worth it now. I really do. Yeah, it's, in, and I think... Ahead, there's a there's a ton of stuff we talked about in maybe it was early april they had that huge content drop of like they had the final fantasy fantasia not fantasia something like that game they had um they started remastering or putting out exclusive versions of all the most like for instance jetpack joyride all the most successful ios games over the last decade mm-hmm. um and so and as far as i know nothing ever leaves the service they just keep accumulating more and more games for you to play for that one price. So they're already, yep. it was worth it for you to play Grindstone at least for a month. And then now that all of this other shit's on there, like that, yeah, it's an incredible value. If only I just played mobile yeah. games. And on, on top of that, like in the case like Tetris beat, they're going to be adding new content every single month. So if you like that game, it kind of gives you a reason to keep that subscription going because Tetris yeah. is the perfect kind of game where it's like, it doesn't really get old. You just, it's timeless. It's classic. It, it gets just, old it's for always, me after a, literally good. like seven seconds. <laughs> I put, <laughs> I get one little gap in a line somewhere. And I'm like, oh, nope, this game sucks. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and it's the mobile focus and the subscriptions to mobile games like this. And then Ted, and Netflix getting involved in it. Like we're going to see a lot of competition in this. And I think hopefully we'll start seeing like really good mobile games because they don't have to rely on in-game ads or in-game purchases. Oh, by the way, Netflix won't be doing any of that stuff either, just like Apple Arcade doesn't. Um, yeah. So like, there, I think this could actually really open up mobile games to maybe be something more interesting to someone like us. Like, but like how Pokemon Go, like you will make an excuse to, to play Pokemon oh, Go because sure, you yeah. can enjoy it. And it's like your mobile game excuse or mobile game outlier, if you will. Like, of all the mobile games, you don't give a shit, but Pokemon Go, you do. And I feel like we could maybe start seeing some of that stuff. Because I do like a mobile game if it is, like, tailored for mobile and isn't just, like, um, I don't know, like a Words with Friends kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't really get into that kind of stuff. But I can see, like, if you started seeing more, like, Monument Valley kind of style experiments, which is really beautiful, and I could just go to Apple Arcade and just play it, I think that sounds great. Speaking of great. Speaking of great chat, you got some EA oh. announcements to talk about here. Yes. There's not really a lot to talk about here, but there's one story that is just that it's it's the greatest thing ever. Dead the Space remake announced the EA Play Live. This <laughs> is Michael McWhorter at Polygon. Uh, fuck yeah, it's coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series S slash X. Basically, all we Next really know. We know there's Gen exclusive. Yes. No, we um, know. We know some exciting. more. We know some more. We know that they are a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We know that they are. Um, they are making a next gen exclusive, so that because they were limited in the level design from some of the technical limitations from the PS3 360 area era. So when they are remaking this ground up, but they are remaking the original level designs that they couldn't do yeah. for the first game. So even if you've played and beat this game, or even platinumed it like I did. That you, uh, there's gonna be new shit in there for you, and it's gonna be so freaking exciting. I want to see gameplay of this so oh, yeah. bad, so bad. Oh, they showed off a little tease. Yeah, they so yeah, very, idea, very, like, very the little, little, little tease. 
but also yeah. that we we know now that they're from start screen or, or what do they call it specifically? It was like not title screen, but start screen to credits. Yeah, they said from yeah, no the God loading, of War thing, all, all one. one shot. And so they're going the God yeah. of War route. Where it's all one shot as well. Uh, no UI. The game already like was was really great at integrating all of that UI into the character, like Isaac's back, having the segments for your health and the the menus being holographic things that pop up out of your suit. Like it's gonna be so immersive and I can't fucking wait. I was going back and watching some Dead Space One footage. And I'll tell you that game looks like it actually holds up really well. Oh really? Surprisingly, considering it's a three sixty game. And then I was listening to Mr. Maddie's play, who does the Defining Duke on kind of Colin's last stand Xbox podcast. And he was saying, like, it both the first two games actually still hold up to, like, modern standards. Um, so I just, I, I'm so ecstatic now to see that come back updated with the better visuals and the better lighting and, like I saying, like, from start screen, all one continuous shot. Like, this just sounds perfect. Yeah. And I could use some more survival horror games in my life. I feel like it's Resident Evil and... Blue box is abandoned <laughs> to look forward to. And that's like all we have for like survival horror right now. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, wait. Um, I didn't include tangent for a second. Tangent for a second. I had included this in the notes. I was debating it if I would, if I would or not, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. there's two more updates with blue box situation that are just oh, like, no. come on guys. Um, the Hassan, uh, um, Karman, who does, who's like the head of the blue box game studios. He changed his, cover photo on Twitter to a mountain and the mountain apparently is called Kojima. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Come on, and then, man. Um, and then another one was um, someone tweeted at Shuhei Yoshida, who heads the indie side of PlayStation and was like, hey, I heard there's a rumored like event coming up for PlayStation. Are we going to see this Blue Box Studios game there? And all Shuhei Yoshida responded was with emoji of, shh, <laughs> oh no so like it's not as like you know weird as the kojima one the mountain but like still like they're playing with us man they're totally playing with us i, I find the whole thing so fucking fun i'm i'm sorry i i promise you i am listening i'm just also really invested in figuring out where and how i can play dead space extraction right now which was the on rails <laughs> wii game that then eventually came to playstation move on the ps3 but all i can find is dead Do space ignition which is the comic book thing on 360 and that's not as good uh, it's not it's not the game it's not like it's it an interactive good? comic i don't know if it's good or not but it's on game pass but i can't find dead space extraction anywhere well if it's on game pass it might also be available alongside battlefield 2042 whenever that comes to the ea play that's just available in game pass boom segue into right, that one you're right <laughs> um I don't really, I don't personally have an interest in Battlefield, but I thought this was interesting. Seems to be exciting a lot of people. New Battlefield's 2042 gameplay tra trailer shows how you can um, build your own Battlefield with Portal, says Liana Rupert, a Game Informer. So this new mode allows players to create their own rules for a multiplayer match by mixing and matching different Battlefield styles. So, like, Battlefield Bad Company, Battlefield World War II, or the new Battlefield 2042. And this actually sounds really interesting. So, like, one yeah. of the examples they provided was you could say it's a 32v4 match. And you're like, why would you do that? Well, it's because there's 32 World War II soldiers 
And then four modern day 24, not modern day, but future 2042 soldiers who have all this extra technology and that kind of shit. So they have an advantage in the technology and the hardware they have, whereas the World War II soldiers, there's just more of them. So they kind of get that benefit. Like, and there's, that's just one example. It seems like you can do quite a bit with this. I'm like, that sounds kind of cool, actually. I don't know how they're going to balance yeah. that, but I'm interested. Sure. It sounds awesome. The, the the trailer for it, it was like three and a half minutes of literally just showing you nonstop cool shit happening. And there was even mm-hmm. one where you could set it up where it's just medics versus soldiers. And it was it was just... So the medics have the defibrillators. And they're running around and you just go clear and shock someone to death. Or the other team has knives. And it's just defibrillators versus knives. And that's the whole battle. And that seems like it's fun as hell. But I... I'm really looking forward, like, honestly, this is the most excited I've ever been for a Battlefield game. In fact, this is the only yep. time I've felt excitement for a Battlefield game. <laughs> and um, after watching the trailer, I'm really into it. And I don't know how they're going to make... Battlefield Portal looks cool. It has cool elements. I don't know how they're going to integrate it into matchmaking and, and all that kind of stuff. Because, like, if anyone can make a game and mix and match a, whole, a bunch of different elements then how does everyone play that? Like, if I make a game, though, and mm-hmm. then I... someone Like, people have to look for games by rule set and be like, oh, that rule set seems really interesting. Yeah, maybe I'll play that one. Oh, yeah, that's but a good point. But it's not like yeah. a tailored playlist. Like, that's... I don't know how they're going to do that, but maybe they'll... Hey, randomly, your, your game that you create is going to jump into the playlist and people will be able to play it through matchmaking rather but i don't know i don't know how that's all going to work other than having especially if you make something with 32 versus four and you don't have 36 people like that's <laughs> is it going to take forever to matchmake with that and to find people who specifically yeah. want to play your game i don't know and and on top of that too it'll work better if it's a successful game but if it's not success, like remember we were playing battlefield one yeah. i think and there was just nobody no, we were playing battlefield four which out. is before battlefield one four right yeah which was years ago. So it makes sense why there wouldn't be as many people there, but if that, we wouldn't be able to play that mode. There's just no way we'd be able yeah. to do that. So, interesting. Yeah, that's a good point to bring up. Moving on to the fetch quest for the week, which we have a lot, actually. Versus Tencent is buying Sackboy developer Sumo Digital for $1.3 billion. So it's Andrew Kia at PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, this also includes other um, properties like um, Team Sonic Racing, Hood Outlaws and Legends, and more. Um, Obviously, they don't get the Sony Sackboy want trademark and property, though, but they, they get the company. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, they get the company. But, um, yeah, I did say also include good, good call. Thank you. Um, I was kind of upset about this, not because the whole Tencent thing like we talked about last week, but I thought that these guys made a really good Sackboy game, and I wanted to see them make another one for PlayStation 5, and that's yeah. probably not going to happen. Uh, maybe it could. Maybe it could, actually. Tencent might still want to have that relationship. Um, but I hope I just, that's unfortunately, not the result of this. I don't think enough people played Sackboy. No, but it was so good. It was yeah, so good. It was, it was great. It was great. The Coalition might be working on a new IP, which is interesting because you think Gears 6 would be the next game, but it might not be. Interesting. All right. N- Nintendo says Metroids no longer exist by the time Metroid Dread starts. Is Chris Carter at Destructoid? How can you name this franchise Metroid without any Metroids <laughs> right. in it? 
Right. Um, it's like when in Lost, was, when when they finally get off the island, like, well, fuck, we can't call it found spoilers. now. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. It's been over a decade. You've had time. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's done um, watching it. I think he was the last person that hadn't seen it yet. So we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that um, Legend of Zelda has a few games without Zelda in it. It could make sense in that way. I heard a cool theory, which is kind of makes sense in the lore of, of Metroid. At the beginning of Metroid Fusion, I can't remember who said this, but, so I wish I could give them credit, but just know it's 100% not my theory. Um, at the beginning of Metroid Fusion, you get, like, attacked by these things called X-Parasites, and in order to heal you, they, like, inject you with the DNA of the X-Parasites, and then you fuse into the, sh- the suit, and that's what makes the Fusion suit. So you're kind of, like, part Samus, part, like, Parasite X. People do that with Metroids, and like you have to get injected with Metroid DNA for some reason, and then Samus is the last Metroid, and that's what kind of continues the oh, Metroid name going forward. It's like forward. the last Jedi. It's like the last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. I thought that would be kind of cool because ultimately it doesn't matter. They, I mean, they're gonna come Metroid back. At all. Their Metroids are gonna come back. Otherwise, they wouldn't have continued naming it this, and they wouldn't have. Nintendo would not have specifically told everyone they're extinct by the time this game comes out. <laughs> they're coming back somehow. Uh, Cozy Bear made a good point uh, when I was talking to him on Friday, which was that um, Kingdom Hearts Three was like it's the end of this, you know, um, arc of the story, and like it's over now, and. Because kind of saying like it wasn't over by the time of that. Like, they're clearly going to keep going on with this like this plot line. There's probably something similar to that. But I'm just excited, Chad. I just want to talk about it. Any excuse to talk about it, I'm, I'm yeah. there for it. Speaking of excited, opposite, not excited. <laughs> Skull and Bones exceptionally troubled, but won't be canceled. Report says Rachel Kazer at Game Why? Like says, um, "Why? Why aren't you canceling it?" <laughs> So they apparently have a contract. They're getting like some sort of subsidy from the government in uh, in Singapore, and but it, it requires that they finish the game. <laughs> it. Oh no! So they don't have a choice, and they have to. Which that makes so much sense because I'm like the game doesn't look interesting. It doesn't look like there's anything worth like worth continuing for. I've never yeah. been impressed by the gameplay. Ubisoft like put out plenty love... of stinkers, as we learned from Game on Game Show about a month ago. Like they've got plenty of stinkers. Yes. Just put this one out as as it is right now, and it won't tarnish your brand. Yeah, it won't tarnish the brand. <laughs> uh, although who knows, their brand could already be tarnished. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, just just release it. I agree. Um. But anything else I was gonna say? But I forgot it. It probably doesn't matter. Rumor. Haven Studios PS5 exclusive is online game as service title. This is Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. It's a rumor. We don't know for sure. We've kind of heard this from Sony. I think they said they wanted to get more into multiplayer. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm into that. And here's what they do. PlayStation 5 owners can get a six-month trial of Apple TV Plus, says Eric Van Allen of Destructoid. This is for new and existing subscribers, except if you use Apple One. Other yeah. than that, but Apple One is already a dis- super discounted version of it anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you um, uh, are curious, now that if you're one of those people who, like, hasn't had Apple TV Plus before and this is going to be the first time you get it, go to my Twitter. I have a big thread of, like, these are all the things you should watch now, starting with Ted Lasso because season two just started this week. So you should go watch I all of I just watched things. it today, the first episode, and it was great. awesome. It was, it was so great. good. It was so good. Earl, oh, Earl. Goodbye, Earl. <laughs> Uh, spoiler, it's the name of the first episode. Um, 
Yeah, this is. I think this is a big deal. I think um, for Apple because I don't know how successful Apple TV Hit Plus has been for them compared to what they were, how successful they wanted it to be. Because they kept extending the free trials, and now they're doing this. I think this is a smart move, though, because in case of Netflix, at least, like PlayStation has been one of the primary places that people watch Netflix. So maybe Apple's trying to get into that now too. So that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Get those people. Speaking of the PlayStation and the PlayStation Pluses, PlayStation Plus August 2021 lineup includes Hunters Arena Legends, BVZ Battle for Na- uh, Neighborville, that's Plants vs. Zombies, yeah. and Tennis and Tennis World Tour Cesarmenicon at PlayStation Lifestyle, and all of those games are brought to you by Games with Gold, because that's a garbage <laughs> month. Yeah, I It guess is a Games with Gold month. What goes up must come down. They've had yeah. quite a few like blockbuster months in a row. That it's mostly got, blockbuster uh, months, I would say. Yeah. But yeah, this is kind of a stinker month. But like they do so well all the time, I'm not complaining. You know what though? Also, like I've had years of Xbox Live games with gold that I've just like I don't even bother to go to the store page to redeem it. But these I'll still be like, boop, yeah, I'll I'll take Tennis World Tour two and never play it. <laughs> the only one I think I haven't done was um, MLB The Show. I think was that this year? Did MLB The Show at some point? Was that recently? I feel like last year they gave you the previous years, maybe. Yeah, maybe something like that. I didn't redeem that one because I'm like, I'm, not, I'm never going to play this. There's never going to be a time in my life where I'm like, oh, I suddenly love baseball. I suddenly love baseball. Let me play happen. this baseball game from eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because in eight years, I will be a huge fan of baseball. Let's do hey, yep. Siri, remind me to check if I like baseball in eight years. <laughs> Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, speaking of releasing in eight years, Final Fantasy 16 reveals new development update. Says uh, Yoshi P. Or blah. Yoshi P. Comments are translated. This is from I. I blah. I can't even say his name. Ian Agosa. Ian Agosa. I think that's how you pronounce it. From Dual Shockers. The English voice. This is the update. Is the English voice dubbing is almost done, and then the Japanese dubbing will start after that. I don't know what that means in terms of could it come out next year or does it mean it's 2023. I don't know, but they're wrapping up the voice dubbing, which seems like they're progressing pretty well. And I guess that means maybe a little bit further than we think, but I don't know. I guess that means they have a script; it's finalized. They've re- they're recording all the voices. Um, yeah. So they have a story. They have a script. I have no idea where that falls in the game development cycle. So I don't know if that's like one of the very first things they can do. So they can then animate the rest of the game around that recording. I have no, I have no idea. And it's, they're also saying too in, in the article that um, not for every scene, but for some of these scenes, they're also doing the motion capture at the same time. And that the, the physical actor is the same as the voice actor. They're not like changing it up at all. So that could imply that they still have a lot of work to do on the cutscenes. It depends. Like, is that the one they've already done? Are they going to redo the Japanese dubbing with all motion capture again? Or are they just going to oh, like yeah. change the facial animation after? Like, what does that mean? Um, I'd imagine they probably would just take the motion capture as is and then just capture the Japanese actor's face and like put it on the motion yeah. capture for the. Yeah, I don't. Or just maybe like they did I have no idea how that works. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Right. That actually. Turned out pretty well, it looked like, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so I think this is, it's good. I'm excited to see this. Oh, and they're also doing British, um, English. They're not doing, like, American English. It's, like, British English because they're doing that kind of, um, medieval, like medieval kind of fantasy yeah. approach. That's kind of like cool. That. I'm, I'm actually excited for this Final Fantasy, which means I'll start playing it and get to a cat quest and stop playing it. It's probably <laughs> what's going to happen. But, uh, that's all the stories for the week. Time for Game on Game Show, the Game on our Gaming Show, where we play a game called Game On, the Gaming Show on our Game Show. Game, 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 game. Hold on, we're returning to a fan favorite that's been long dead. We are digging up Video Game Would You Rather. Yeah. We've got three scenarios here. Um, I don't think any of them get overtly sexual like they're used to, but some of them get kind of wacky a little bit. (laughs) Um, So... Here we go. We got three scenarios. We'll go start with our most tame one, starting with Would you rather know that you can be critically injured two times in your life without dying? So imagine you have three mm-hmm. hearts. Yeah. Or like, you're gonna do a car accident, you're not dead. Exactly, yeah. So you can you can cheat death twice because you have three hearts. Or would you rather know that there are five extra lives for you out there in the world somewhere? They can save you specifically. So they're not like, hey, there are five, everyone in the world, go for it. It's like you have five extra lives out there specifically for you that can save you from death each time once. But they're incredibly well hidden and they uh, are hidden all over the globe and require a ton of effort to get them. So it's really funny. So I heard the first one and I'm like, house that much so i don't know if i need those three critical like lives and then the next one i'm like well i definitely don't need that because <laughs> i hardly leave the house I just okay what if there's a gas the leak time. your house explodes or there's an earthquake and it collapses or and i'll have three as opposed to having to leave the house and find one really hard one you know what i mean like yeah i'll just have those three so I, i'm gonna go with the first one so you're just gonna have those three lives and then you can know yeah all right I'll have I get two heart attacks while I sit here at home. <laughs> then, after a, my second heart yeah. attack, then I start thinking, "Oh shit, what am I going to do?" <laughs> As opposed to like having a heart attack and then being like, "Great, now I've had like triple bypass surgery and I have to go to Guam to find an extra life." <laughs> you know, I'm not what? Good I, my heart to do that. I started out thinking, yeah, the the three lives is just like it's good to know that. I can survive that, and then I, I have a time where I can be more cautious. Or I'm, I also thought about if I had the three hearts where I would be like, oh, maybe I would take more risks. I, I would do things knowing that I cannot die right now because I have two extra hearts. But then I thought, no, when you play video games, if you get something that's a consumable and you can't get more of it, you know you just save it all the way to the very end and you never use it, and then it's a waste. So I would spend my whole life waiting <laughs> to the end, and then I would just accidentally almost die three times right before I do die. But then I thought, the five extra lives, not only do I get the pleasure of having extra lives, but I also get the challenge. I get the vacation. People are always like, oh, I want to travel. It's like, this literally gives me the excuse to travel so that I can save my life and go travel some more. I think that'd be so much more interesting. So that's what I'm going to do. It's going to force me to go out and see the world. Even if it's like in a nasty sewage grate in Guatemala. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that that's the tough part for me is like the world's like the globe trotting adventure you're right like it sounds cool but i'd be so terrified like oh man like 
I am in Sudan right now, and I <laughs> don't have any extra lives anymore, and now I'm kind of worried. Um, it's really hot, and I'm going to die of heat exhaustion. Like, I am not <laughs> feeling good right now. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm going to go with the first one, but I totally get the globetrotting adventure aspect of it. Number two, would you rather see the world through your eyes like you do today? Like literally mm-hmm. first person perspective through your own eyes. But when you look down, you don't ever get to see your body. The only time you ever see your body is in a reflection. Okay. So that's option one. Option mm-hmm. two, you see the world via a camera that's about six feet behind you over your shoulder. But you only ever get to see your back and you don't show up in mirrors. So you have no idea what your face or the front of you looks like, but you get to see yourself from a camera. I'm going to go with the first one. Why? I don't need to look in mirrors. I'll be fine. The My first one you do have to on... look in mirrors. That's the only way you can see any part of your body but... is by looking in a mirror. The thing is, like, I don't even really need to do that, and I'd rather just like not see myself. So <laughs> I just don't like. I'd rather not do that. Because um, what I mean by that is, like, I don't like to look at my mirror and being like, "Oh man, I'm a huge fat ass." Whereas, like, in the second, like, I can just avoid a mirror, like, I'm fine. But like with the second one, I'll just constantly being like, "Oh my god, my ass is fucking huge," and like I have no <laughs> choice but to like look at that. So I'm going with the it first would, one. It would definitely for, for encourage you to do a few more squats for sure. But I would. You mean more than zero? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think about um, like how difficult it would be to like put on your shoes, or like, do I have shit on my face when I go into this meeting at work? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to ask somebody else to tell me: Is there anything on my face? I really can't see it. That's a good point. Okay, let me anecdote. Mm -hmm. Um. That would have been a good scenario. So I was in school. I would do like the school plays and that kind of stuff. And I was in Peter Pan. I played Smee. And they would made all the, you know, the pirates look dirty. So they kind of put, like, the face paint on us. And it was, like, you know, brown paint to, like, make it look like dirt in our face. Um, and then after the performance, I just totally forgot that I had the paint on at a Chinese <laughs> restaurant. And here I am, this, like... This like white kid with brown face paint on. No. <laughs> it just like probably looked really, really horrible. And I wish that I had been able to look in a mirror and say, go. get this paint off. Because in the context of a Peter Pan show, it makes complete sense. In the yeah. context of I'm in a Chinese restaurant and no one knows who I am or what's <laughs> happening, it doesn't look very good. Um Yeah, I wonder what that's Although, yeah, I'll, hold I'll, on. I'll go the second I, one now. I think, I'll go the second us, one I think I've led us astray. Because in option one, you can see your face in a mirror, but only yeah. in a mirror. In option two, you can never see your face. You don't show up in mirrors. You only see yourself oh. in mind. I led us astray a little bit. But the thing about like tying your shoes without being That's able to see your feet or something like that, or like while I'm think, while I'm cutting vegetables to prepare my food, all I see is the knife, and I could be cutting off my fingers. I have no idea. Um, that could be really tough. I, so I think I can find those scenarios for for two reasons. One, I can't figure out how to put my shoe on without seeing it. I can feel around being like foot going in the hole of shoe. <laughs> like I know what that feels like. Um, and then with the cutting thing, I already when I cut vegetables when I'm cooking dinner, I already kind of like press the knife against my fingertips 
and then slowly move my fingers back to like know where I'm chopping. It's kind of always pressing against anyway, but never in the line of like being chopped by the finger. So I could feel that, and I think I could I could get away with it. And I don't like chop vigorously where I would cut my hand. I chop kind of slow. So like I would be like, oh, I can feel that hitting my fingernails. It's definitely going to cut my finger. I should let up a little bit. I think I'd be fine. I think I'd be fine there. I think I just kind of I I really want to see the world in a third person perspective. Even if it means I, I never see what my face looks like. I just want to see. But I also, I would have to start buying graphic t-shirts with the graphics on the back. Or just wearing everything backwards. <laughs> <laughs> because if I, I buy something, I'm like, man, that's a really cool jacket. And I just got to zip it up backwards. <laughs> yeah. All right, last one. Would you rather... This, kind of, this one's all about the versatility of next-gen consoles. Would you rather stand upright for the rest of your life, only being able to lean on things but never sit or lay down? Or you have to lay flat the rest of your life, never being able to stand or sit again? That doesn't mean that you're on bed rest. Because both of them are able to be vertical or horizontal. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) so if you choose lay flat that does not mean that you're bedridden it just means that everywhere you go you have to be horizontal (laughs) (laughs) but if you stand upright you never get to lay down or sit down ever again you have to be standing up or you have to lean on things for back health the first option is definitely the better one you think so i feel like that would put a lot of compression on your spine but laying flat in your back all the time is not good for it either well, you could lay on your tummy. <laughs> I, think, I know that would sound so uncomfortable. I know that like my legs are going to get tired and I'm going to want to like build a rig that suspends me from the ceiling or something like that. That it, Like a like a baby swing where you just put your legs in it. <laughs> like I'm going to want to build that so quickly after standing upright for a while. But also the world is not meant for people to lay down in it. So you're not going to no. be able to lay down in a car and drive. I was just you're going to have to like yeah. scoot around well, on a skateboard or a gurney on your belly. That's tough. Yeah. I think the laying on the belly thing would be more problematic because it's like, oh, I'm going to go see a movie. Um, I need to buy the seat in front of me too so I can lay across both seats because <laughs> there's no way that like – like there would be all these weird things where like um, – I'm getting on a plane. Like, how many seats on the mm-hmm. plane do I buy? Could I even lay across? Because I'm I'm a tall dude. I couldn't lay across an aisle of seats without getting my legs or face in the middle of the aisle. Well, the the flight attendants won't let you stand up during parts of the plane either. <laughs> they're gonna be like, "We can't take off while you're standing, sir." Like, let me just you could lean against the bathroom door. Mili- you could always, you could fly on a military planes only where you have to like hold on to the to the grip like. <laughs> You have options. You have options there. Uh, but even like, um, you, you mentioned early cars, like driving, like you yeah. would, they would never, you would never be allowed to drive like that ever, ever until, you know, fully automated vehicles come out or fully autonomous vehicles come out. Yeah. Are there, I'm gonna stand are there up things the like wheelchairs, but for people who have to lay down other than gurneys or hospital beds and, and. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. You have to be perfectly flat. You couldn't be like in a reclined position, right? You couldn't be in a position where either your 
butt or your feet are supporting your weight. So you could be you could be reclined as long as your yeah. like your whole body's. But if if a large percentage of your weight is being supported only by your sits bones or by your feet, that's a no no. Yeah, I'll take the standing. Also, too, for like working and jobs and that kind of stuff. Like, I could just get a standing desk. They couldn't get like a desk that like is is completely horizontal with everything glued to it, so it like works properly. Like, what if you go to work and you choose the laying down option, and everyone's like gathered around the table, and you're army crawling into the office on the floor, and you're just like laying on the floor by the table. Everyone, let me talk you through this PowerPoint. <laughs> You're like, oh god, how do you like, use the bathroom? Some... I... I think you could get a bathroom where you could lay across the toilet. But peeing would be hard. You have to like nope. push your Here's what it penis is. down. In many oh, parts you of Asia. In many parts of Asia, their public toilets are just holes in the ground. Like when I went to the, the Shanghai airport, oh. you go to the bathroom there and it's just two little grooves next to a hole. So you put your feet in the grooves and you just squat over the hole and poop. <laughs> so you could keep that same idea, but then just like slide your body, slide your penis into the hole or flip over and slide your butthole <laughs> over the hole. <laughs> You'd get ro so gross from the ground, though. I'm thinking about going to the whole job thing. I was thinking about a job interview hair to like what tell me what your strengths and weaknesses like, weakness i'm always laying down it's a huge <laughs> obstacle and problem for me um also eating eating would be kind of dangerous if you're laying down all the time oh yeah if you're laying on your back it's really difficult to drink things from, especially like from a cup yep. like that I yeah mean, but then eating? You have to have beer hats all the time <laughs> like do it that way but, but, you would, but it would have to be that. It would have to be a beer hat because the beer has to be standing straight, like perpendicular to the earth. So it would have to be a beer mask yeah. <laughs> where the, the beer is on your <laughs> face. <laughs> There's so here, I think I think I'm going to definitively say this for the both of us, because I feel like this is objectively true at this point. You would have to rework everything in your life to so many degrees laying flat. That, like, yeah. standing would be inconvenient, but there are already things in society that you could work around. You wouldn't have to change so much of your day-to-day. -day. And you would ultimately, give it, like, a few months to a year, you'd get used to it. You would, your yeah. legs would get stronger doing it all the time. I think that's the definitive way to do this. Yeah. I was, I was also, one last thing about, like, laying down all the time. You'd, you'd grow to really love Snuggies. Because you wouldn't have to like figure out how to wiggle yeah. your way into clothes and pants and stuff like that, but you'd just be able to just like throw your arms up and boop, drop a snuggie on your body. And I wouldn't want to look like an asshole, so I'm not gonna get a snuggie. That's crazy. <laughs> you're just naked all the time. Not only do you never yeah. stand up and you slither into the office, but you're naked <laughs> the whole time too. <laughs> you go to Activision, you're like, you're hired, you're perfect for this place. Naked and slithering there you on go. the floor. Brought it full circle. Brought it full circle. That's it for Game on Game Show. That is it for episode 219 of Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast. Uh, several announcements. One, you have a job. Go play Katana Zero. I don't give a fuck if you're a patron or not. Play it. Uh, we're going to talk about that in about a week-ish. And um, number two, if you would like to determine what uh, we play next, go to patreon.com slash Fire. 
uh, support us at a dollar, you get to do that. I'm going to be putting out that poll ASAP. Number three, Holden, as he announced last episode, is pursuing game development, which means he'll be stepping away from oh, yeah. our show, which means we are in search of another co-host. That'll be coming up very shortly. So if you're interested in being a permanent member of Affable Idiots, please reach out to us on Twitter or email affableidiots at gmail.com or respawningfire at gmail.com. Uh, we are accepting interest. I'm not going to say applications because don't, I don't have a form for you to fill out or anything like that. Like That would be nice and, and helpful, but I don't have that. But yeah, if you're interested, I would love to have... like. Obviously, if you've been a guest on the show, then we know what our rapport is like. But I would also like to like talk to you about your ideas for what you want the show to be and make it your own a little bit and, and what the time commitment and things like that would be. So if you're interested or if you know somebody, dear God, if you know somebody, all the people I know who are good at podcasting already have their own podcast. So if you know somebody and you have connections to wider circles of people, please uh, have them reach out. And our last thing that you have to do is... Um, Oh, yes. Remember, in, in anticipation of Holden's last episode, which is, is it next week or the week after? Next week. This is the next penultimate week. episode. If you're listening to this, when we release it on Tuesday, you have only a handful of days left to draw your picture of Holden. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> DM me. Last week, I got a picture from someone, and I was like, that's funny. I mean, it's a funny picture. I'm glad you sent it to me. I don't know why you sent it to me, though. And then, like, a day <laughs> later, he told me about it. I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot I asked people to do that. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I just thought one of our friends just sent me a funny picture of you. I was like, okay. I mean, he probably wouldn't find that offensive, but I'm, I'm glad you chose to send it to me. Anyway, so, yes, go out and, and, and make a picture of Holden, whether it's drawing in the notes app on your phone or Photoshopping something. Make a picture of Holden, whatever that means to you, and DM it to me on Twitter. At Chad Mikeness, and I no no restrictions. What if Holden speaking here? The the butt of Whoa. the joke right here. No, just go for it. Go for it. Somebody deep fake him on some porno. I mean, that sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, here's our usual sign off. That sounds hot.